Prepare your heart to be moved by God through the preaching and teaching of His Word as delivered at Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. Mark 8, verse 27. It says, And Jesus went out and His disciples into the towns of Caesarea Philippi. And by the way, He asked His disciples, saying unto them, Whom do men say that I am? They answered, John the Baptist, but some say Elias, Elias, and others, one of the prophets. And he said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Peter answereth and said unto him, thou art the Christ. And he charged them that they should tell no man of him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and of the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, mm, Satan. Lord help. Saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. And when he had called the people unto him and his disciples, also he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? I'll stop at verse 37. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul. On this Resurrection Sunday, I want to appeal to you from this message, the road and the rules to resurrection. The road and the rules to resurrection. The word is already blessed and the people as well. We're reminded of the great resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're reminded about the whole scene on the cross of Calvary and how Jesus sacrificed his life and it was brutal death. We see that as one of the main focal points of Jesus making transition until we ultimately would see him rise from the grave. I'm going to remind you of one of my familiar passages that come from Matthew 28. I love it so, and I'll read it here. It says, in the end of the Sabbath, it began dawn toward the first day of the week. And Mary called Magdalene and the other Mary uh, came to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, his raiment white as snow and for fear of the keepers did shake, became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, fear not, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. 
but he is not here. Everybody say, he is not here. For he has risen. He is risen. And he says, uh, the angel says, come see the place where he lay. This resurrection verses helps us catch up with what it was like the morning after resurrection, after the angel rolled the stone away, two beautiful women came out to see Jesus or to see him in an empty tomb and the angel had to give them the news that he is risen just like he said. He's not here. He is risen. He's not in the place where he was laid. He's not in the place where he ended up after they beat him down. He's not in the place after they mocked him and ridiculed him and open shame three o'clock in the afternoon uh, as he was blunted and mocked. They call it flogged to death. And as he put on a crown of thorns, he's not in that end result place in the grave. He's not here. He has risen. And then the angel invites them on a field trip. Come and see the place where he lay. As if to say, I want you to see where he used to be. I want you to see where he come from. Uh, you don't know where he is. He is risen. He's not here. We don't know where he is right now. He's risen. He's at the right hand of the Father. But, 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 but he said, come, come back. Let's go backwards to see where he lays. This is with these thoughts in mind that I'm trying to describe to you that there are some roles and rules to resurrection. As Jesus, as I told you in Mark 8, stay with me, tries to talk to his disciples he asked them a profound question. He wants to know if they are in touch with what everyone else thinks about him. So he asks his disciple, he says, I want to just get a little census from y'all, a little survey from y'all. Um, who do people say that I am? He wants to see um, their response um, and what they are hearing around in the community and the world. And it's also a, a test uh, to see uh, what they think about what people think about Jesus. So when he asked them, who do people say that I am? He, he's asking, and can you just tell me how they feel? Not how you feel, but, but, but tell me how they feel about Jesus. I think one of the main points here is that our reputation of Jesus can't be by popular opinion. Our reputation of who Jesus is cannot be based on rumor. Um, it cannot be based on majority rule. It cannot be based on what happens in the White House, in the Senate, or the Congress. It cannot be based on what happens on committee or what happens by any other voting politic, politic body about who Jesus is. He, but he wants to know, he gets that survey for them who are following him. What is my reputation like in the world? I want to tell you something. If you're not careful, your mindset about who Jesus is will be overtaken about how the world views Jesus. Amen. 
you can see in their response that they are confused uh they they they, they, not, they, they give confusing conflicting information about who jesus is something that you are the prophet elisha something that you are this john the baptist uh, and, and, and what he's really saying is the world don't really know who jesus is can i say that so we are clear today that when you walk out of here you don't lose this understanding that the world don't know who jesus is and if you're still looking to settle your faith based on what the world thinks you're never gonna understand this jesus if you're still waiting to believe in who jesus is because of the textbooks in our school you're never going to believe jesus if you still got all your hope in big mama them and your grandmama them and if they the one that have the last word in your life and you put all your faith in them and you can't settle who jesus is because of them you're never gonna come to grips on who jesus is can, can we settle it today on this resurrection sunday that we can't look to the world to tell us who jesus is we can't look to those in darkness to tell us about the light can we just settle that today i know there are popular opinions and i know there are philosophies and i know there are black hebrews and they'll meet you up at the corner at the local great gas station i i know there are great philosophers but if you're gonna learn about jesus you ain't gonna learn it from nobody in the world if you're gonna learn about jesus tell somebody don't, don't trust the world about jesus don't trust the world who do people what's the rumor about me yes. uh, John the Baptist we don't know but after starting him out with an easy question like a great teacher would do he starts you out with an easy question to build up your momentum to make you feel confident and they easily answer uh, who Jesus is to the world but then he asks the most profound question that he's really looking for he says but what about you Look at your neighbor say, what about you? He looks at those following him, and now he wants to know, has the world affected their opinion? He says he wants to work, has the world changed their faith? He says, but who, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? At that moment, there's a hush before the audience. At that moment, no one else dared to come out of the shadows and declare who he is. But there is one by the name of Peter. Tell somebody, we all need a Peter. I was thinking about that this morning. I just said, if I ever get in trouble, give me a Peter. I just that's what I've been praying about I said give me a Peter I don't know about you but I know that I know Jesus was about to be betrayed and they came to came to take Jesus away but there was one carrying a sword y'all can say what you want to say y'all can say they was cutting down bushes y'all can say he was carrying a sword because uh, all kind of stuff but he had a sword on him and he took out a sword and cut off somebody yeah in other words to try to tell him you can't hear God you you missing your real ear let me cut you he cut off that ear and say y'all can't take my Jesus every once in a while you need a Peter Peter stands up in this moment and he says oh teacher I got it I got it he says I got it I know who you are you are the Messiah he says you're the Messiah I want you to understand that this declaration of Peter is profound you know why it's profound because Jesus is not necessarily walking around telling his disciples who he is. 
He's not walking around introducing himself to his disciples every day. Matter of fact, when he picked his disciples, he found them working. Some of them were tax collectors. Some of them were fishermen. And he just showed them a new life. And they start walking around with this man who's healing the sick and raising the dead. And at no time is he telling them who he is. So when Peter says, thou art the Messiah, another version picks it up and says, flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. Let me give you the point here. Jesus has to be revealed to you. You can come to church Sunday after Sunday and say, I don't feel nothing. I don't know what they shouting about. I don't know what they so happy about because you can read the book and still not understand the book. What happens is Jesus has to be revealed to you. He has to be revealed that there is no other but him. And when you ever get inside, get inside a storm of life, some of y'all didn't find Jesus till you found darkness. Some of you didn't find Jesus till you found trouble. Some of you didn't find Jesus until you was kicked out of your home. Some of y'all didn't find Jesus until you was homeless. And there is something about life that will reveal who Jesus is. That he's a keeper when you're going through. That he'll keep you in. Y'all ain't saying nothing. But if you ever been there, he will reveal himself. If he ever held you through the night, clap your hands. If he ever kept your mind when you didn't know what to do, give him praise. Y'all hear what I'm saying today? Uh, he has to be revealed to you. Revealed. So if you, some people say, Pastor, I don't understand. I read the book from Genesis to Revelation. The problem is you're trying to receive Jesus by knowledge. And his revelation of who he is goes deeper than knowledge. There's something about Jesus that talks to the inside of us. There's something about Jesus that talks to the soul of us. Hey, and he's beyond just the mere words in the pages. So they say, Pastor, I'm confused. I've read the book and I just still don't understand. Uh, you got to tell somebody you got to get it by revelation. It got to be revealed to you. And Peter steps up and says, in other words, he actually applauds Peter for this revelation. In another version, he says, flesh and blood haven't revealed this to you. So I want to say today, if you save, you can't be saved because grandma was saved. That's good, especially in this type of generation. This type of generation don't come to Jesus because auntie went to church every Sunday. This type of generation don't come to God because mama go to church. No, 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 no. And it's all right. It's all right. That's why you got to say like my grandma said to me, junior boy, you got to know him for yourself. You ain't saying nothing. We got to tell people you got to know him for yourself. I go to church, but I got you got to know him for yourself, daughter. Oh, come on, you get in your own circumstance. But tap in if you got to know him for yourself. Jesus rewards Peter because Peter has telling him, I've been paying attention to the spirit. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to me. I heard from God. 
that you just not an ordinary man. Y'all gonna have to pray for me today. You just not like an ordinary prophet. Oh, no, 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 no. You not just not like an ordinary prophet. No, 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 no. You not John the Baptist. He was a good man, but you ain't no John the Baptist. You are the long anticipated one. The one we've been hearing about from the Old Testament. When Isaiah said, oh, he was one born our griefs. Oh, and by his stripes, we are healed. John Peter said, no, things, things, and, 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 and the thing about this awesome revelation of Peter is, Peter is catching revelation before crucifixion. Something has happened while walking. Something has happened with Peter while walking with Jesus, while walking with him, while he's healing the sick. Y'all ain't going to have to pray for me today. Uh, and raising the dead after he see all his miracles and he watched Jesus, something hit the soul of Peter and say he's more than a healer. He's more than a deliverer. I'm thinking this is my Messiah. I'm thinking this is what they've been trying to tell me all my life that there's one coming and Peter receives by revelation it begins to tell us again that we got to know who Jesus is Jesus tells them at this moment don't tell nobody <laughs> he says don't tell nobody because what Jesus is trying to do in this verse he's trying to say hey because I don't want nobody to understand who I am because I know I've got to die for the sins of the world and right in the midst of this, I want you to watch verse 31. I thought it was very ironic. Watch it in verse 31. I guarantee you, you just hold on. We're going to shift in just a second. Watch verse 31. It, this baffles me when I was studying and reading it. It baffles me. Look at 31. It says, um, and then he began to teach them. Teach them, teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed and after three days rise again now what baffled me is jesus didn't tell them this at this moment he decides to be a teacher time peter says you are the christ he says oh now it's time for me to teach i want to teach how you resurrect i want to teach how you actually come back from things he says I want to since you recognize I am the Christ and you understand it's the anointing that's working in my life let me go back and teach you some things I thought that was ironic that he said I'm gonna teach y'all uh, some things about the Son of Man being killed in three days will rise again I believe he puts them on what I call the road and the rules of resurrection at that moment as he began to teach thank you sir at that moment as he began to teach plainly about in verse 32 Peter takes him aside and re began to rebuke him what Peter is arguing about here is it's no way that you are the prosper one prize possession and you have to go through to become there's no way that uh, you the son of God has to go through anything to be who you're going to be and he says I I'm, I'm basically I'm against this path I'm against this type of teaching I'm against this type of philosophy Jesus he takes Jesus to the side and he rebukes him in other words he chastises Jesus for saying that he's gonna have to die and being resurrected what it begins to show us and it's right there in verse 33 follow me but when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples so notice Peter rebukes Jesus wait a minute Jesus what you talking you talking nonsense Peter said, Jesus, what are you 
talking about? You ain't got to die. You ain't got to be resurrected. You ain't got to go through no nobody ridiculing you. You ain't got to go through none of the chief priests bringing you before the court. You ain't got to go through nothing. And he begins to talk a different language. In verse 33, Jesus turned and looked at his disciples. He said, mm. And then he rebuked Peter. So there was something about looking at his disciples that made him rebuke Peter. I believe Jesus is trying to say, I got to go through this because, because, because Peter, if I don't go through this, they can't be saved. He says, oh, he looked at his disciples and after he looked at the disciples, he rebuked Peter. I asked to say, Peter, I got to do this. Then he says to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, uh, for you do not have in mind the thing concerning God, but the things concerning humans and men. What Jesus begins to show us here is Jesus being chastised for having a surrendered life. He's been chastised from having a surrendered life because Peter is saying you can be great, but you ain't got to pay no costs. <laughs> oh, can I introduce this lesson and the role and rules of resurrection? <laughs> There's too many people want to live good, drive good, walk good, but they don't want to pay costs. We have a whole generation that want to flash money that they borrow from their uncle and act like they put in sweat and act like they put in tears. We got a whole group of people, lift some up living in our house, who don't understand the reason we got a beautiful roof is so somebody get up in the morning, put on their trousers even when they don't feel like it there's a cost to having elevation. Tell somebody we got to pay for this y'all. Oh, This life we live, we're going to have to pay for this. But there's a whole lot of people don't believe in costs. Peter said, no, I'm not with the cost. Jesus rebukes him and said, no, we pay cost over here. We're real and we authentic. When you see me looking good, believe me, I paid for it. When you see me smiling, believe me, y'all ain't saying nothing, I paid for it. When you see me driving good, living good, blessing her, you better believe, I paid for it. And Peter said, wait a minute, I want glory without cost. Jesus says to Peter, that's how the devil talks. Jesus says to Peter, now you got to remember now, this is a conflict. Two, a verse ago, he told Peter, you've been with the Lord. Flesh and blood have revealed this to you a few seconds ago. But time Jesus started talking about costs. Peter said, you got a devil in you. You will always find your weakness when God starts telling you what you got to do to become who you got to become. You always find just how lazy you really are. You ain't saying nothing. So you don't know how lazy you are until you figure out how much you got to pay to have it. You don't figure out how much you need to learn and grow till you figure out how much it really costs to be where somebody else is. That's why you got to stop sweating. Excuse me for using an 80s word. Stop sweating somebody else's success because you don't know what they did to be where they are. And rather than being jealous of somebody, how about just celebrate where they are? And you ain't got to have everything everybody else have. Come on, be thankful for what you have. Put gas in your Toyota Corolla. You ain't got no pins right now, but be thankful. 
sweating everybody else's stuff. One moment he's revelatory. Peter in one moment is revelatory. In another moment, he's a devil. Because all because you have revelation don't mean you're ready for revolution. You can have the ideas that it takes to get to the next level, but you don't know how to put those ideas into practice. See, it ain't, it ain't nothing to have a wonderful idea. Work it while you're sick. Work it while your children cutting up. Work it when you don't when you're going through things in your body. It ain't nothing to have wonderful ideas. The real cost is can you work it while you're going through life? Can you work it while you build your family? Come on, it ain't no good of becoming a millionaire and then look up your wife done left you, your children done left you, and they talk about daddy, they never took me out. Daddy never spent no time with me. See, the real thing is to gain the next level and lose nothing you had the first time. They ain't saying nothing. Everybody got good ideas. But can you walk through life with your ideas and put the eyes in them? Jesus tells Peter, the one he just highlighted, you are now talking like the devil. Because the devil don't care about the things of God. That's what he said. You have in mind. You don't have in mind the things concerning God. You talk like people talk. <laughs> you talk like people talk. That's how people talk. He says, but I want to tell you, if you're going to have resurrection, you're going to have some pain. Yeah, if you're going to have some resurrection, you're going to have some delays. If you're going to have resurrection, you're going to have some isolation. You're going to have some crushing. You're going to have some withdrawals. If you're going to have resurrection, he tries to teach them some rules. If you're going to have resurrection, you're going to have to be coached and trained and mentored. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to have resurrection, you're going to have to be made better. And he tries to tell Peter, listen here, Peter, you're going to have to be able to go through something to have this resurrection in your life. Can I, while I'm going through my, my, my path here today, can I encourage somebody who's in a hard time right now can I just let you know with every tear you're paying something on what God's gonna do can I talk to somebody that's going through hardship right now and can't figure out how you gonna get this thing better can I let you know that you're paying uh, a paying uh, paying down on your future blessing can I make you understand Lord help me can I make you understand I gotta say this y'all that prophecy is not always when you feeling good but you can still be in a God ordained moment and not feeling good we think God prophecy is only when we're lifted up but you're still in God's will while you're going through a storm don't you understand not only is the raise uh, the raise was uh, was given by God we know the raise is prophecy but we don't think the ridicule was prophecy either you thought the raise was a prophecy but it was prophecy prophecy that somebody was going to ridicule you on the way oh yeah it was prophecy that somebody was going to betray you on the way can I get in the book Jesus didn't get to the cross because he got to the cross because of prophecy it was prophesied and ordained of God that Judas would betray him so it ain't just it ain't just prophecy when you come out it's prophecy when you go in 
<laughs> it's prophecy when you're in your storm too. God knew you was going to go through that. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Can I help you a little bit? I know you don't like that you went through, but, but I'd rather go through something that was planned. Even if I don't like it, it was planned. And if he planned it, he also planned a way of escape. If he planned it, he knew I was going to overcome it. If he planned it, he knew I was going to come out of this thing. If he allowed it to happen, he'll allow me to overcome it. Tell somebody, I'm coming through this thing. Let me finish here. He began trying to teach. Peter, this is how we experience resurrection. He called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, this is what he said, he'd bring it home. He says, listen, if you want to be my disciple, that's what he said to his disciples. He said, if you want to follow me, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Take up their cross and follow me. What? Jesus is like, what? They're like, what, what, what have we entered into? We started this conversation and I just thought it was about who people think you, who people think you are. And Peter jumped up and answered the question. Now the disciples are in a classroom and Jesus wants to tell them something with all their dreams and all their aspirations, with all the things they're planning to do and all the places they're planning to travel and all the things they're expecting to accomplish. He looks at the disciples and says, whoever wants to be my disciple. If you're going to say you're a believer of Jesus Christ, you must deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. To deny means that you have to disown yourself. Now, we may act like this don't mean nothing, but this type of gospel would really challenge you. Because Jesus says, look, if you're going to come after me, then you can't care about you more than you care about me. Oh, he's teaching how he's resurrected because we got to understand that when Jesus was on the cross, he could not have been caring about himself because you know what happened if you was up on the cross and you start paying attention to what they were saying in front of you, saying to you in front of your mama. Now, you know how you would have behaved while you was up on that cross, stretched out. If you would have started thinking about yourself versus thinking about the people you are saving, you would have said, now, hold a minute, take two, time out. Jesus would have came off that cross and he would have said, hey, listen here, this ain't going down here today. I mean, y'all got my mama down here crying. Y'all got people picking at me, calling all kind of stuff. Come on now. You know what I'm saying? Jesus would say, I had enough for this thing. I was going along with it because it was God's will. I went into the garden of Gethsemane and I said, not my will, but thy will be done. But Jesus said, but I had a second thought, but I'm coming up. See, Jesus don't come down down off the cross. The reason he don't come down off the cross is because he's not thinking about himself. Can let me help you know how you know what makes it easier to not deal with the pain of life when you stop thinking about yourself? When you start thinking that everybody after you. <laughs> let me look this way. When you start thinking that everybody like you, everybody don't like you. When you start thinking about everybody talking about you, everybody ain't talking about you. Some people don't even notice you. Some people ain't even paid you no mind. Some people ain't even seen you. But when you become so sensitive that you think everything's about you, can I help you to understand this resurrection? This thing in life ain't, ain't about you. It's what is about what God can do through you. Matter of fact, 
you can't have your destiny until you're ready for God to work through you you can't have it you can't have it you can't even have your dreams until you're ready for God to work through you and as long as you think it's just about you and you get all sensitive so you feel more pain when you focus on yourself but while you're going through pain you start focusing on your children if I can just get up out this hospital uh, see that's how people make it through what they make it through you got to stop thinking about yourself all the time you got to stop thinking about who you are and start thinking about other people and it lessens the pain of what you go through Jesus is able to focus on who God is and who his purpose is that's how he's able to stay up on that cross that's how he's able to take all the lashes to his body because he was not thinking about himself he was thinking about somebody named Yaquanda he was thinking about somebody named Chris he was thinking about somebody named Joe he was thinking about somebody named John and that's what kept him on the cross somebody say it wasn't the nails in his hand that kept him on the cross it was the love in his heart and he tries to teach us how you make it through tough times and you start focusing on the people you love I'm feeling this thing today you start focusing on the people who are gonna be blessed by your sacrifice and when you do that you say I can hang in here a little bit longer Peter saying with that he said yes you are if you're gonna learn resurrection this is how it happens Yeah, you know, there's, uh, you know, you can watch TV all day and there's so many people want to be great athletes and go to the NFL, NBA, and I ain't got nothing against it. But you want to know the cost that you got to put in to become what you see on TV? And if you care about your friends and going out all the time, you ain't going to be there because you gonna have to learn how to be sweating and working and having workouts and having mentors and going to meetings and going to sessions. And there are people who sometimes recognize I want it before I knew the cost. Come on, I want it before I knew the cost. But now that it costs all that, I, I think I'll go and be an engineer. That has cost too. But he said, I think I'll find something else that I'm willing to pay the cost for. Jesus is trying to tell us that resurrection happens because somebody is willing to pay the cost. He's trying to let us happen, let us know that when we deny ourselves, it's when God takes over. Matter of fact, when you start focusing, this is a good business. I feel like talking to business people today too. You know, I know you got a company, but when you start focusing on your customer, and the knees of your customer and you start smiling at the knees of your customer when you just make it all about them no no we can do that for you that's in our scope that's why we're here this is what we do give us a little moment we hadn't thought about that yet but we'll have something for you shortly come on when you got your mind on your customer that's how you begin to move to the top I say that again because this world has made us so full of pride and made us so full of ourselves that we really don't even know how to become everything God has want us to be Jesus is trying to teach here that those who get get the highest serve the most those who go the farthest give the most you want to know how we get here we gave our way here come on baby I dare you look at your neighbor I don't know why I can't leave this point yet I dare you to look at him and tell him I ain't cheap I paid the cost to be everything that I am. I ain't cheap. Every skill I have, I paid for this thing. Come on. I didn't go online. Come on. If you a doctor, tell him I ain't go online and get no degree in two hours. 
Tell him I ain't going on if you a doctor. Tell him you I wrote a real dissertation with somebody who was accredited and certified. I didn't just go online and somebody put my name. Let me say here while I'm passing through. Y'all better be careful. I'm just passing through going to my end. I want y'all to understand that fraud is at an all-time high. There are people making millions of dollars off of fraud. They broke, busted, and disgusted. They never been through anything. They never tried anything. But they done sold you some dream in a bottle. Put a smile on their face for the 30 minutes that they was on camera. You done sent them $1.99 installation and $50 a month. And they done got that from a hundred of y'all. Because they done told y'all the, the quickest way to be a millionaire. And you done got sucked in. And you thought you could be a millionaire without cost. And now the truth of the matter is they are rich. You still broke, but they are rich. They rich because of fraud. And there are a lot of people who are making millions of dollars every day stealing from you. Stealing from your hard work money. Come on. Hard time. Come on. They send you texts all day. Have your spam get filled up. I get more spam than real emails. Come on, y'all. People are always perpetrating a fraud because people don't want to be real. People don't want to pay real costs. And if you're not careful, you'll mess around and connect with a fraud. If you're not careful, you'll mess around and marry a fraud. If you're not careful, you'll mess around and hire a fraud. You better do your background checks. You better do their friend check. You better do some partner check. Who your people? Who know you? Can you? Can I Google you? Are you Googleable? Or are you missing in action that nobody know who you are? Who are your people? Who have you worked for and done anything good? Who have you worked for and last over six months? I'm trying to tell you, if you want the real thing, tell somebody you got to pay the cost. I got to get out of here. Jesus is teaching a lesson about resurrection. While he's talking to the disciples, he's also describing what he's going through. And I just find it ironic that he has the nerve to have the center point of this conversation with Peter. It is very ironic that he's talking to Peter. Why? Because Peter is the one that's going to deny him. And there's a difference between betrayal and deny him. He says Peter is the one that's going to deny him. But Peter is the one who's also going to have a comeback. And it's like he's teaching Peter a very integral lesson about his life. I believe Peter answering the question that he is the Christ is very important because now Peter recognizes that even though he's about to go through a denial and go through some letdown, if he can hold on to his revelation. Can I say this? Many of you may be going through things where you're disappointed in yourself, but don't lose your identity. Don't lose the revelation and the insight that God has gotten you. You may lose a car let it go. You may lose some friends, let it go. You may lose some job, let it go. You may lose momentum, let it go. But whatever you do, don't lose yourself. Don't lose the identity of who you are because there can never be another you. People may walk away from you, but one thing you better not ever do is walk away for yourself. Do I have 10 people say I'm committed to me? In the rain, I'm committed to me. In the storm, you ain't gonna help me. I'm committed to 
me. In the valley, I'm oh shy. I'm committed to me. When I fail, I'm committed to me. The only way you can get up from the ground if you believe that you're better than being at the ground. And some of y'all got to believe in yourself right now. Tell somebody to believe in yourself. Let me finish here. He says, for whoever wants to save his life, save their life, who's ever focused on saving their life is actually losing their life. When you're so focused on saving your life, you're actually losing your life. But whoever loses his life, for me and the gospel will save it. He says, look, some of y'all holding back too much and that's why you can't get what God's trying to give to you. Because you're so calculated and you've decided everything you're not going to do. And everything you're not going to do is the very thing that's keeping you from everything you need to do to get what you need to have. And God will sit there and say, the reason you, your life is leaving you because you have decided everything you're not going to do. And because you decided you're not going to do it, guess what? You can't have it. And he says, the moment you decide to lose everything for the sake of destiny. See, many of us can't find destiny because we were too busy trying to tell destiny what we're going to pay to have it. So we look at destiny and say, I want you, but I'm not going to pay that. I'm always, you know, there's always people always trying to figure out a way how to get in the door without knocking on it. There's always people trying to figure out how to get to the top without climbing it. And they spend more money getting a helicopter to drop them off at the top of the mountain versus learning how to walk up the mountain themselves. They don't have to coordinate with the helicopter people to drop them off on the mountain because they don't want to go up the mountain. No, no, no. They, they don't figure it out. There are people who always are circumventing the process. And trying to tell God what you ain't going to do to be who you're going to be. He said, you're wasting your time. And every time you waste your time, you're losing your life, you're losing your destiny. But those who will lose their life uh, for the gospel's sake will save it. Let me go to verse 36. But what good is it uh, for someone to gain the whole world and yet forsake their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for your soul? I want you to understand that there are some roles and rules to resurrection. This very story is something that mirrors the same exact story of Jesus Christ. When he got up on that cross, y'all, he was paying the price. When he got up on that cross he wasn't thinking about himself he wasn't thinking about what he wanted to do he had already made up his mind that he was going to die for you and I so there was nothing let me tell you something about determination and what happens when you make up your mind too many of us use excuses that the reason that we're not where we want to be is because of who did what to us and if my mama was better, I'll be further. If my daddy was better, I'll be further. If this would have been that and that would have been this, I'd have been better. But let me tell you, those are all excuses that you use. Because the truth of the matter, everybody in here has a story. Everybody in here had an unfortunate situation. Everybody in here had a situation. You talk to one man and he said, I don't know what it is to have a daddy in the house. And you say, man, I can't be who I want to be because I never had a daddy in the house. And you talk to another 
another man and he said well I had a daddy in the house but he was an alcoholic he was a drunk so we know that it ain't necessarily with having a daddy in the house okay we threw that out a window because if you're not careful you're gonna always find a reason why you can't be who you're gonna be you're always gonna find an excuse why you can't be who you're gonna be and when you're ready for destiny like Jesus did Jesus got up on that cross and he stretched his arms out wide he let them whip him do y'all understand the story of Jesus Christ that he let them whip him I say he let them while he was on the cross he let them know that no one take my life and this is a bad Jesus I don't know nothing about y'all I'm, I'm, I'm today when I read that story I'm scared of Jesus I'm really yeah I'm really scared of Jesus you up on the cross you getting beat and in the midst of it you start telling people like um, you don't take my life no man take my life what you mean what you mean you up here getting crucified what you talking about he said nobody take my life I lay it down in other words if I want to jump off down from this cross and call legions of angels I can do it but because I understand the cost of resurrection but because I understand the price of going higher because I understand what it takes to be the Messiah of the world I'm gonna go through this price I'm gonna go through this trial I'm gonna go through this circumstance can I understand that the higher I be it means I gotta pay the price tell somebody I ain't going nowhere I'm gonna pay the price Cup your hands right there Jesus was actually telling the devil, hit me with your best shot. That's all you got? Because in a little bit, I'm about to get in this grave. And when I get in this grave, I ain't stand there. Let me get here. Do you understand that Jesus is actually a secret spy? And God is doing espionage. Do you understand that the only way you and I could be redeemed is that God had to come in sinful flesh? God had to be a had to be a hundred percent God and a hundred percent human so God wrapped himself in flesh came down to the earth then took on the sins of the world and the only way he can take the keys of victory and death from the grave is that he had to die but see he could have died and went to heaven but he took on sin and see, when he took on sin, he died and went to hell. Tell your neighbor, that's why you got to get out of sin. Because sin will take you to hell. Jesus went to hell. Yes, he did. Jesus went to hell because he took on sin. It was the only way he can get down into the devil's headquarters. It was the only way that he can get down to the low down, dirty self dog that the devil is. That he took on sin. And he got down and died and went into the grave and then went into hell. And when he got into hell, he took the keys of death from the devil. Oh grave, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? I gotta understand. You gotta understand that when Jesus died and went down into the grave and then went down into hell, the devil was shocked. Demons were shocked. It's like Jesus bust down into hell. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought we got rid of this guy. 
I thought he died a few days ago. But Jesus bust down in the hell and say, I'm back. You thought you whipped me to death, but I'm back. You thought that you bludgeoned me to death, but I'm back. I'm trying to preach to some of y'all to let you let the devil know I've been through some things, but I ain't dying right now. Jesus gets down into the grave and going to hell. He takes the keys from the devil. I mean, y'all, y'all gotta understand, I'm, I'm still one of the person that has a vivid imagination. I got this vivid imagination. I'm almost done. I got this vivid imagination. I'm just trying to think what is it like for somebody you thought you got rid of. <laughs> I grew up, one of my favorite songs in elementary school was a song called The Cat Came Back. <laughs> the very next day. Some of y'all, some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. The cat came back. He talked about a man. He took across the tracks. It got ran over by a train. But the cat came back the very next day. And they did all kind of things to this cat. And the cat just kept on coming back. That's what Jesus kind of reminded me. I'm like, didn't we just kill this guy the other day? Didn't we just put him on a cross in front of his mama? And Jesus comes down in the grave and say, I ain't going nowhere. He comes down into the into the hell what and he comes into the devil's territory what demons are where the devil is and he comes in oh God, can I say this guys before I go he comes in the devil's house and takes over for a moment the devil's house do you understand what I'm saying you know if you're a kid and somebody come to your house as a kid and beat your bad, beat your daddy up in front of you, what that gonna do to you? That's gonna put fear in your life. Cause if your daddy can't beat him, you can't beat him. That's why the Bible says demons tremble at the name of Jesus. Because the demons saw that daddy Lucifer get slung all around his house. Jesus broke into hell and came down in hell and slung the devil all over the place. He went to the up and the down and around and my God, Lucifer, what's going on? I thought this was your house. But Jesus came in and before it was all said and done, he snatched the key of death from the devil and he came out with all power in his hands and I want you to know today there's nothing you go through that you can't make it through if your Jesus went down before he went up you can go down too you can lose money too you can go through pain too and come back to a new place if Jesus went down and came back with all power Stop crying over that little job you lost. Stop crying over them little friends you lost. If you can go through like Jesus goes through, you can come out on the other side. Tell somebody, I'm experiencing a resurrection too. Come on, stand on your feet and praise it. We hope you've been blessed by this fresh word from Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. Pastor Joseph Davis and the congregation invite you to join them. You can find more information by following them on social media. Just look up Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. And we pray that God will bless you richly and abundantly in the coming days, knowing that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him.